Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. on the Billboard Chart Beat Podcast, and I am the Country Christian Gospel Bluegrass Chart Manager at Billboard, and I am very pleased to welcome my guest today, Mike McVeigh, Senior VP Content and Programming for Cumulus Media. Welcome, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. You have just about every format possible attached to your name there. Would you like to take one? Uh, no, you can add them. <laughs> They're all good. You can add them all. And and it's an honor, by the way. They're all great formats. Excellent. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, you joined Cumulus Media in 2011, correct? Yes. Yep. After running a very successful radio company for a long, long time, I know because I worked with you guys in 1985. Yeah, I remember that long ago. You were a very good programmer. Oh, thank you. You're the first person to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was in Richmond, and you had overseen as many as how many stations 200 yeah we had about 225 clients uh, around the world um, the united states canada australia new zealand latin america mexico uh, we were in the caribbean it was wow. everywhere there were about uh, 12 different consultants working for the company at that time 12 Wow. We had 12 different people working in programming. And were you based where you're from? You're from Toledo, correct? Uh, no, actually, I'm from Pittsburgh. We were living in Cleveland, and we ran McVeigh Media out of there for 28 years. Um, and so you know how it goes. The technology today has changed so much. When it first started, everybody had to live in Cleveland. Uh-huh. And, uh, and as time went on, people moved to other cities. And before it was all said and done, we literally, the last four years of uh, the company as it existed, uh, we did from our home, my wife and I. And we literally, because uh, she and I suddenly were the only people living in Cleveland, having an office, and everybody else was at their home somewhere else. So we moved into our house. And your radio career started in Pittsburgh? Yeah, it started in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. The town I started in uh, is Greensburg, Pennsylvania, which today is a suburb of Pittsburgh. When I was a kid growing up, it was 50 miles to get from uh, Youngwood to Pittsburgh, but now they got that darn old super highway thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and so now it's an actual suburb. You can be in downtown uh-huh. in thirty minutes. How old were you? I know you were a program director by the time you were what twenty two, twenty three, nineteen. Yeah, that's yeah. frightening. Yeah, I was fourteen when I started as an air talent, 
and then 19 uh, when I got my first PD job at that same station uh, in Pittsburgh. In Pennsylvania. Yeah. And, but you got to L.A. by the time you were 20 what? 24. I was 24. I turned 25 not long after I got to Los Angeles. Which at the time, um, I must say, was like playing for the L.A. Dodgers. Yeah. Right? And the, that's truly. the way radio was yeah. at the time. And I yeah. want to get into more about that in, in, a, in a few minutes. But you left that very successful company to join Cumulus. Yes. Why? You know, there were a lot of things going on in my life at the time. And, um, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure, sat down and said, hey, uh, McVeigh Media is falling apart. He needs to take a job. And it wasn't that I don't at think all. anyone said that. Uh, well, I heard rumors. and But but I, I, will, I will tell you, I took a significant pay cut to do it for the opportunity to work with a platform as large as what Cumulus has. And there were a lot of things going on uh, in my life then. My uh, oldest daughter had had her first child, our first grandchild, um, and she was pregnant with the second grandchild. And I decided that I wanted to travel less, be home more, and started looking at winding McVeigh Media down. Mm-hmm. Now that I went 180 degrees the other direction, but I was thinking of slowing down and winding it down. And uh, John Dickey, the former COO, was speaking at a conference uh, in Los Angeles, and they had just purchased Citadel, And when John came off the stage, I went up to congratulate him and wish him the best of luck. And uh, he said to me, let's grab a coffee. We sat down and he said, we should get the band back together. Because I had worked for John's father many years earlier. And his father was literally, when he owned in Toledo, my second ever client. And so uh, John pitched me on joining Cumulus. I told him I was thinking of going the other direction and slowing down. He told me people like me die when you slow down. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I always remember I got on the plane uh, leaving Los Angeles thinking that was very flattering. And by the time we landed in Cleveland five hours later, I was thinking, I wonder what they'd pay me. And so that five hours I had a chance to really reflect on, on the opportunity. A friend of my wife and I um, is a business clinical psychologist. And so sat down and talked to her, really as friends, and told her what opportunity was before me and what I was thinking about. And she said, you know how lucky you are at this point in your life to be offered the biggest job of your career, and instead of opening up a bookstore in Santa Fe, you can stay in the business you love and a do B&B something different. A or a coffee shop. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so that's cumulus. And so my attitude, you know, a lot of people... Uh, uh, in our dark days, which now the sun is shining brightly on us, but in our dark days at Cumulus, people would say, you know, how are you able to keep it going? And, and it was really that mindset of, you know, this is a different career. It's a different job that I'm doing now. I'll tell you what I thought, and a lot of people that I talked to thought at the time, because I was writing industry news when you joined Cumulus, um, I thought, wow, this is great for Cumulus. They got a great radio guy. And I think that's what a lot of people, most people said. Well, thank you time. very much. That's very kind. Thank you. And can you give our listeners, Mike, um, a snapshot of your job? A lot of people listening don't know. Um, Cumulus Media has many entities. Cumulus Radio, Westwood One, Nash Icon Records, Nash Magazine, formerly Country Weekly. How do you juggle all that? What do you handle? You know, um, as Senior Vice President of Content and Programming, My job includes a lot of what a traditional corporate programmer would do, along with a lot of the position that our former COO had. Um, And so 
I'm very fortunate to have a lot of different, very bright people and a CEO who really believes in me and has given me a lot of uh, room to do my job. And she's kind of new, correct? Yeah, Mary Berner's new to broadcasting, but not new to media. Um, what's great about her is, is that she uh, sat down early on and said to me, publishing an editorial, your editorial. And I said, okay, what's that mean? And she said, you own the content in the magazine, you own the cover of the magazine, you own the concept of the magazine. Publishing does sales, uh, the cost of operating the magazine, and so on. I have, I have changed that concept in my brain to a sports analogy, the NBA. I'm not the general manager of the team, but I'm the head coach of the team. Mm. And so, so that is how I view this position. If you look at the radio stations, uh, since October when Mary joined the company, we have decentralized programming. We've done away with command and control. You brought a lot back to the local markets, correct? Absolutely. Back to the local markets. PDs are responsible for their radio stations. And PDs are program directors. PDs are program directors. They report to the market manager. Mm -hmm. The Office of Programming is uh, operated by a guy named Bob Walker and myself. The two of us are the partners in the Office of Programming. He's the general manager of the NBA team. I'm the head coach. Bob is worried about high-impact investments in promotion and marketing. Uh, Bob focuses on, you know, is the move that I want to make, does that make financial sense? Uh, if we're going to hire this major talent, how do we put those numbers together? And we also have our own little CFO on the programming side, a woman named Takesha Franklin. And so we're operating in a very business-like fashion, and yet I get to be the showbiz guy. I get to have the loud bells and flashing lights and create the content. And how many stations does Cumulus have right now, do you know? Yeah, it's roughly 500. It's about 490. Oh, well, okay. if, if you say, if you're not counting our uh, translators and HDs, it's a, it's right under 500. If you count those, we get up around 520. And you do many formats. Um, it's known very well for country. Yes. Um, and you do the Nash Icon format now, yep. which borrows on 80s and 90s primarily, correct? Uh, well, I wouldn't say primarily. It's about a 50% current, 50% uh, gold format. And when I say current, it's 50% current and recurrent, 50% gold. And that was the heyday for country music. A lot of people want to hear those songs, I'd imagine. Yeah, the, well, it's it's part of it is that that music's not available anywhere else. Um, if you look at here in Nashville, in the month of May, it's WSM-FM is the Nash icon station. It is the number one country station in Nashville. Now, it's not the one you hear the most about in our industry because you hear about Nash, WKDF, and then the iHeart station, WSIX, which are very good competitors mm -hmm. on the contemporary side. Uh, but Nash Icon's the leading country station in Nashville. 95.5 Exactly, 95.5. And the 95.5 would play more older music, just so our listeners understand, and, and 103.3 would play... More contemporary. Sound more... If you want to think of it in other formats, Nash, which is 103.3 in Nashville, would be a top 40... Nash Icon would be an adult contemporary station if you want to compare it to other formats. Okay. Um, can I ask you about the, the morning show, America's Morning Show? Yes. And is that on one brand of the stations or is that on... You it's, on it's on mostly Nash stations, okay. although we have some stations that are not named Nash that it is on also. Okay. Uh, and so America's Morning Show is on... 40 Cumulus-owned and owned radio stations. It's not outside of our company at this moment. 
Nash, New York City was the first Nash station. And it brought country back to New York City yeah, after 16 years. That's the first country. Yeah, 16 years. Wow. Because I worked on Long Island for a little while, but I knew the city has been yeah. without a station a very long time. How's, how's yeah. that going? Very good. Our program director, John Fox, has done a great job of pushing the station up to its highest cume. Uh, it's over a million cume now. It's about a million two. Yeah, and cume uh, means how many people listen during any given week. Exactly. Right? So if you said we're going to put all of our listeners into one location, there would be about a million two people you would have to find seats for to sit down and listen to Nash in New York City. And just so people understand, when that those are people who are listening traditionally through the radio, correct? And not streaming? Um, they could be listening on one of the... Um, platforms that come through your phone or your computer, they have to hook up their PPM meter to be able to get to grab that audio. As far as the ratings are concerned. Exactly, as far as ratings are concerned. So those numbers are mostly people on traditional radios. So with with all of that changing, as much as it changes every day, it seems, mm-hmm. radio stations really have a job, or you guys have a job, keeping your websites up to date, I would imagine, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's somebody in each one of the uh, properties, you know, the markets, a uh, cluster of stations may not be one person for one station in the smaller markets and the bigger ones it is, but in the smaller markets there may be one person whose job it is to work on websites and on digital. And then we have a, a digital and social media platform uh, based at corporate. Uh, Lori Lewis runs our social media and a man named Robert Mathers oversees digital and the two of them are separate lanes in our company, mm-hmm. and uh, and they work with all of the different stations. Now, I know when you ran your former company, you would go around from town to town and visit radio stations. Do you still do that or no? Yeah, I do. I travel a lot. I mean, I generally uh, am in the office in Atlanta at our headquarters on Mondays. Uh, our CEO has a leadership team meeting on Mondays. And then Tuesday through Friday, I go out and hit two or three cities. Um multiple reasons for doing that one is that you know by being seen and being with the people i think i help further change the culture of the company Mm -hmm. um you know with this new decentralization to make it very positive um and the other thing is is it's great to be able to sit down with our folks and share ideas i learn as much from them as they do from me when we just sit and collaborate i walk away with new ideas that i believe i can share with others inside our company yeah, and I'd like to ask for, for listeners who don't understand this, a lot of times you'll be listening to a station, you get attached to the morning person, becomes like a friend of yours. Right. And then all of a sudden that person's gone, and then there's a new person in that in that slot, and it, sometimes a new format. You're listening to a country station one day, and then the next day without any notice, it's playing ESPN or something. Right. What? Why is? Why are those decisions made, and how? It's, it's almost always about the ratings. I mean, unless something bad happens or the person leaves you, sometimes talent have a better opportunity. You know, the um, analogous comparison is sports. I mean, you have a a quarterback who's playing for a team. They get an offer to go to another team that they think they can win a ring with or they get more money and they leave. Or it may not, it may be that that quarterback is not right for your team. And so you want to try a different quarterback and bring him in. And, And by the way, personally, not only as a consultant, but as a part of Cumulus, I have rehired people that we have terminated from one market to another. Uh, just because a quarterback on one team may not be right for that system, but you can put them in a different team in a different city, and they excel. 
sometimes you'll decide to put America's Morning Show in a certain city and sometimes not, correct? Exactly. Sometimes a local person will be doing really well. Yeah. Examples would be, you know, in Tucson at Kim uh, or in Atlanta at Kix. You know, great morning shows doing very, very well. You know, America's Morning Show is not on the air there. We don't have a plan to eliminate those shows. Those are really good radio shows. Same thing in Dallas with The Wolf and KSCS. We own two country stations in Dallas. They both have very strong, very good morning shows. And both kind of legendary radios, KPLEX legendary radio station. Yep, exactly. KPLEX is The Wolf and uh, KSCS. And those two radio stations have done battle for many years when Cumulus bought Citadel at Put the competitors in the same building. Mm, and that's not the way it used to be before no. 1996 right. when the Telecom Act was signed and allowed multi-ownership by c- companies like Cumulus and iHeart um, and CBS on the bulk of the radio stations right now. And, and you know, when I heard about that in 1996, I, I thought I was a program director and I thought it's over. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if you if you stop and you... You think about someone who's born in 95 or 96. They're just graduating right. college now. And and so my, my kids get a kick out of when I talk to them and I say, you know, well, the last time I was involved with corporate programming at radio, you could only own 7 AMs and 7 FMs mm-hmm. uh, because I started McVeigh Media in 1984. And so things continue to change and evolve. I've been hearing of the death of radio since there was CB radios. <laughs> and uh, and it's hard to find somebody who knows what a CB radio is. Uh, but, but you know, I mean, you know, deregulation, I totally get why you would think it was going to kill radio. Um, it did increase spot loads for a while. There were people playing 18 minutes of commercials, and, and now they're down to 12 again. And, and you know, it it will always ebb and flow. But... You know, our battle right now is to get on the dashboard in cars and stay on the dashboard in cars. We're not going to cease to exist in cars. But you want to be on the top screen when those smart radios pop up. And I think that's our battle right now. But radio's not going to go away, at least at least not in our life. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Young people, like you said, who were born in 1996 or even a little before, grew up after all of the things changed and and for them is local radio still important yeah i think so i think it's important if it includes them that's the importance of connectivity you know if you're a student in high in high school and you are listening to a radio station and the nighttime air talents talking about 
your high school or that air talent's coming out to do an appearance at your school, um, I think that has big value. I think that, you know, there's a reason to listen there. Um, I don't think that's changed. You know, we, we see that when an air talent goes to a radio station or a college or when an air talent speaks at a community event or when you speak before the Chamber of Commerce, people know who you are and there's a connection that's made. You know, one of the things that I've been touting loudly since uh, October 1 is we need to be everywhere and be seen everywhere. And Cumulus has actually gone the other way from some other companies. We are employing local talent. We've pulled some voice tracking off. Um, I have about 8,000 employees uh, in the radio platform across our radio stations. So if you do the math, that's a lot of employees, including full and part-time. Is it growing? It is growing. Uh, We're not going the other way. You look at Westwood One, uh, where we have expanded to include more of our 24-7 programming, it's been more by day part. You know, we're going to put in this night show, but we still have other talent. Or we have gone back and hired more people back into Westwood One. Uh, About a year ago, there was a time when we contracted and eliminated a number of jobs. We've been hiring back so that we can do an even better job of serving the people who subscribe to our services. And for Mike, for anybody who doesn't know, can you just give a quick snapshot of what Westwood One is? As- sure. Westwood One is an amazing content provider. Imagine that you are at a, a smorgasbord restaurant, and you're standing there, and you're looking at this long line of food, and that's Westwood One. It's everything from uh, sports programming, which we're probably best known for in North America, um, maybe even the world. Um, you know, we're the we're the network that will have the radio broadcast rights for the Olympics and football and basketball and our baseball games and so on. But we also have a large platform of country, which you alluded to, which is our Nash platform. We have two 24-7 country channels. And what that means is, you know, many markets can pick up an entire stream of programming and it's handled or they can insert their own talent along it. And that's a variety of formats. There's about a dozen formats there. Um, We also have a large syndicated platform for music. And so countdown shows in country would be Bob Kingsley, Kix Brooks, Lon Helton. Um, In pop, it's Carson Daly and his countdown. We just launched a new show with Matt Pinfield, who's a former MTV and still VH1 on-air talent, and it's called Two Hours with Matt Pinfield. And I could go on and on. We get into our conservative talk platform, which is Mark Levin and and Mike Rogers and, you know, Michael Savage and Rock, Bob and Tom, and it goes on. It is truly a smorgasbord. Yeah, you guys have a lot of different genres, formats that you offer. We talked about country a lot, but just run across the board the other formats that Cumulus does at various radio stations, (laughs) sports you mentioned. Yeah, there's news talk, there's news, there's sports, uh, a couple variations of country, uh, alternative, rock, classic rock, classic hits, which is oldies, adult contemporary, hot AC, uh, top 40, or CHR, whatever you want to call it. We have urban, urban AC, uh, classic hip-hop, um, and I'm sure I'm missing some You have formats. more than I do. Yeah, I, I, I am sure we're missing some formats. We have Spanish. We have some Spanish stations. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's really exciting in the different things we're doing. We have unique radio stations like KLOS in Los Angeles has, 
It's a classic rock format that... Another legendary radio station. And, and it rocks. Well, it's classic rock. It rocks. And it has Steve Jones of the legendary Sex Pistols is the midday talent. He's on from noon to two every day. The bass player, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Good for you. Oh, I remember. Yeah. And yeah. and it's... And I mean, so it's a... It's a um, just the stuff we are doing every day. There's I never have a dull day. How great that... You could provide a home for somebody formerly of, of the yeah, Sex Pistols. Yeah. I don't know that he needed a home, but I'm glad we got him. Do you have Johnny Rotten on somewhere, too? No, but that would be amazing. <laughs> so just to explain for people, if I'm running a little station in, say, Binghamton, New York, and yes. I can't afford my own expensive air talent, yep. I could go to a company like Westwood One, right, and yeah, take programming from there. Yeah, and there's and again, even when you get in that, there's a couple of different things. You can pick up one of the formats that are offered directly off the satellite, you can take it in its entirety. You can take several day parts, not all of them. Uh, and by day part, I mean you know, those mornings and middays and afternoon. But the other thing is, is you can take uh, a type of the product that is delivered by Stork, which is a technology that allows network air talent to localize and customize the specific show. So, for instance, Steve Newberry, who owns Commonwealth Broadcasting, uh, one of his markets is Bowling Green, Kentucky. On Friday nights, on the satellite-delivered programming, you hear a network air talent give you high school football scores. And but he so, or she is not in. No, they're not in Bowling Green. They're sitting in Denver, Colorado. And someone in Bowling Green has told them where to look for the scores to update them. They're going online. They find the scores. And they update it and make it sound like they are there in Bowling Green. And that's customized to that radio station. Well, wow. see, that's why I got out of programming. It's way too confusing for me. I could never, <laughs> I could never do all that. Well, well, you asked earlier about how I do my job. There are twelve different corporate programmers under me, and so that helps me remain sane. Yeah, could we talk about um, adding new music to radio stations sure. for a second? Sure. Um, there used to be um, sort of a feeling among the record labels who pitch you the songs to play that Cumulus plays only a few new songs, and the local program director doesn't have anything to do with that. Now, that's changing, correct? Yeah, it has changed. That was one of the first things we did was seize command and control uh, from corporate saying, here's what you'll play, to putting that power back in the hands of the programmers. The corporate PDs still provide information. We still deliver a lot of research. We'll still say, here's a safe list of currents for let's say, a top 40 or a country radio station. Mm -hmm. But the PD gets to decide. They decide, do I want to follow that list? Am I going to veer off of it? Do I want to create my own list? And it's really their decision. Uh, there's good and bad in that. When I talk to the record labels, what they say to me is, you know, um, can't you guys just add this as a group ad? Well, they hated that. When You're we not going to please ads. those guys. Yeah, and they hated it when we did group ads. And now what <laughs> I say to them, but if you do them, it for them, it's great. Exactly. And so now what I say is, is hey, you guys hated group ads. Now you got to go back to the old days. Call each radio station PD individually, and ask them to play your song. And and you you have hired some great regional guys. It seems like from where I sit, uh, John Chomby here in Nashville. Yes. You have Scott Lindy in Atlanta, right? Yeah, we have Scott Lindy in Atlanta, Charlie Cook in Nashville. Great programmers. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been bringing a lot of big brains into the company. And as we've changed and are allowing PDs to do their jobs, 
There are a lot of great programmers who are reaching out to us. Um, the way it used to be, um, you would start in a small market, um, one of the ones that we were talking about earlier, and then work your way up to a medium-sized market like Richmond, and then hopefully climb up to a bigger market, New York or L.A., Cleveland. Is that still the latter, or has that changed now? I think it I think it depends on who you are and who the talent is. Um, you know, our program director in India, Indianapolis uh, came from Albany. Um, he'd never been in a PPM market before. Now, Albany is a good-sized market, don't get me wrong. But, but I just felt that uh, Stephen, the PD there, brought a lot of new ideas, fresh ideas, different perspective. And he's done very well at WFMS in Indianapolis for us. Um, with, with the way the industry is today, a person who understands social media who knows how to make the radio station sound good online as well as on air can jump markets, could go from a smaller market to a significantly larger market fairly easily just because it's really about what comes out of the speakers. Now, the guys that I mentioned are are in our generation. Are there still a lot of young people who want to do this? Yeah, there are. Now, a lot more of them, to be honest, are over on the top 40 in Rockside. Mm-hmm. But on top 40, we have a fellow named Dustin Cross who just joined us at KLIF in Dallas. Uh, Dustin's very sharp. guy named Louis Diaz who's doing music for or programming for us in D.C. Louis had been a music director. had worked his way up to be a music director on WPLJ in New York. He left Cumulus, went away. We were able to get him back. We put him in Dallas and then eventually moved him up to D.C., um, and there, there's a lot more out there. I mean, there's a, a lot of people that are starting to have a resurgence uh, back into radio. Oh, great. Are there some great women programmers out there? There are, but not enough. I mean, one of the things that that you know me well enough to know I've been saying for years is we need more female programmers, particularly in female-targeted radio stations. Um, you know, we have Nikki Thomas in country who's in Stockton, Modesto. We have... Leslie Whittle, who's in Houston. Um, you know, we have Laura St. James in Allentown. There, there are strong, good women programmers inside of Cumulus, but not enough. I mean, we're right about that 8%, which is where the norm is in the industry. 8%. If, 8%. Seems so low. It is low. And you know what? It's been 8% for a long time. And, and I think, without getting on a soapbox, I think part of the problem is, you know, we don't foster females to advance in the job. You know, you have female air talent, but we don't necessarily move them up to be an APD than a PD. And and we should. Um, if I can stay in that soapbox for a moment, um, Alliance for Women in Media, AWIM, is something that I've been very supportive of, and I am a judge for the Gracie Awards, which is their award. Uh, and so mentoring young women, I think, is something that we all should be doing, but particularly the women in our industry should be mentoring other young women. They just don't have as many role models as we men do. Yeah, and I, I, I must say that Mike McVeigh has been an advocate of diversity for years and years, going way back. No, oh, thank you. And um, something that you should be acknowledged for as well, and it's really important. Um, what do you tell young people who want to get into radio, and are there young people who still want to get into radio? Yeah, there, there are. My uh, my youngest daughter, Jessica, uh, is in the business. I never thought either of my girls would go into the business, but she's on the air. How many How many do you have? Two kids, two daughters, and uh, which is probably why I'm so much into mentoring young women, because I feel they should have so many advantage, advantages that they don't have. 
But but Jessica, uh, who's on the air and I were talking, and she started in social media. And um, and in talking with her not long ago, I said, do you ever think you'll go back to social media the way it's exploding? You could probably make more money. And she said, no, Dad, I want to stay on the radio. And I went, really? And she said, yeah, like, that's real radio. Mm. And And I think that if we give young people the opportunity, if we show them where the jobs are, if we don't voice track everywhere, if we don't eliminate every opportunity for new talent to grow, we will see them come into our business. And they're out there. I mean, there are intern programs that are out there. Good. And, you know, just because of our the day we live in and everybody wants things immediately, nobody wants to wait for anything, you could stream your favorite songs immediately. And what is the reason for them to not do that and listen to the radio? I, th- I think the difference is is that uh, it's it's twofold, if you ask me. One is time consumption. Um, you get to a point where I'm busy. I'm just going to turn on the radio and take what they're giving me today. I just don't have the time. The older you become, the more your life responsibilities grow the less time you have to sit around and create your favorites or tag your songs that you want to come up. Um, The second part of it is there is music discovery. Radio stations are, you know, like the old, if you remember what a CD player was, it's like the old CD player. What do you mean? I still use mine. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's like the old CD player on shuffle in that you don't know what songs are going to come up. Hmm. It's just that we have commercials. So music discovery is still an important reason people listen to the radio. Is it is it a radio's job to inform? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It, there's two things there. One is service to a community. You know, we don't own our licenses. A lot of people forget that inside and outside our business. We don't own the license. We get it from the FCC. We have 10-year renewals. Every 10 years, you have to show the FCC. I thought it was five. It's 10 now? I, it could be 10. No, I think it's 10. Maybe it's five. It must have jumped then at some it, point. It could be. It used to be three. Right, it's, three it's, and then five. Yeah, and it could be ten. Let's Google that. <laughs> the, the, um, but, the, but the reality of it is is that when it comes up for license renewal, you have, to, you have to say what you've done to serve your community. And I think a lot of listeners would, it's not in their world, so that you don't know that the airwaves belong to the public. Exactly. And so if the radio station, if, if it can be proven... That you didn't serve your community, you lose your license, or you get a, a shorter term renewal. Do people still challenge like they used oh, to? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Not, challenge not your like license they used renewal, to, but they do. It's mm. out there. Sure. It must happen in talk radio. I get letters every day, emails, and actual old-fashioned handwritten letters delivered by the postal service. Because you mentioned that conservative talk, you mainly do conservative talk, correct? And some of yes. them are pretty extreme, like Michael Savage. Yes. Yep. So that must cause a little uproar from time to time, right? Yeah, it does, although although you have to keep in mind that the majority of people who are listening to a show uh, are generally there because they like They're that They're agreeing show. with that person. Exactly. Yeah. They're there because they've been invited into that room, and Mr. Savage or Mark Levin or, or whoever the talent is is sitting there carrying on a conversation, and these people wandered into the room and sit down because they want to have discourse with them. It used to be that there was that thing called the Fairness Doctrine, 
Yes. Which meant if I had you on and you were uh, preaching from the left because you're a left-wing liberal, I had to give a half hour of time if you went a half hour to the other side. And it's not that mm-hmm. way anymore, is it? No, just on politics, we do want, if you're running for office, okay. if you're a Republican running for governor of Tennessee, we would have to give time to the Democratic candidate. We at least have to offer it. They don't have to accept it, and often they may not. But you still have to offer that if someone's running for office. But as far as opposing viewpoints, let's say you have a viewpoint on the National Rifle Association and you don't believe that people should be allowed to have weapons, we don't have to go to the other side to get their opinion for something that's a general topic. Does um, liberal radio not work? Because it doesn't seem to be on in many places. You know, there's a few places where it is. But but it's not... It's not seen success, that's for sure. And, I mean, everybody knows about Air America, which tried to do that on a grand scale. But, but you know, what we're starting to realize is people get information from a lot of different places. Yeah. Um, if you go to a news talk radio seminar, you will see the usual suspects there at those seminars, the usual right-wing conservative talkers. But... You have to say that Man Cow, the morning rock show in Chicago that plays zero music, is a talk show. Is he on one of your stations? Yes, he, he's on WLUP there, the loop for us. Uh, you would have to say that Heidi and Frank at KLOS, rock show that plays no music, is a talk show. And so it tends to be that some of those shows will be the more liberal. Not Man Cow, but Heidi and Frank will be more liberal being in Los Angeles. And so liberal talk can be found in non-traditional talk platforms. Okay, so you mentioned The Loop in Chicago, yes. WLUP. Who was the guy who burned the records at the stadium that Steve time? Steve Dahl. Steve Dahl, <laughs> many, many years ago. Steve now does afternoons for us on WLSAM Okay, so Chicago. he's still out there. Yeah, he's still out there. He's doing very well. There's a couple of more things I want to ask you before we wrap up. Um, I want to ask you about your record label for a minute. How is that going? Nash Icon? Yeah. Very good. Reba's been our biggest project so far, successfully, that is. Um, you know, it it is designed, it was designed to give a platform for artists that aren't necessarily immediately given platforms that still sell music. Mm-hmm. Ariba McIntyre still sells music. Hank Williams Jr. still sells music. Ronnie Dunn of Brooks and Dunn still sells music. Martina McBride still sells music. And and the whole goal was, if you're a Reba fan and a mainstream label that's trying to move forward with Dirks and, and Carrie and uh, Janet Kramer um, is not interested in signing Reba or at least making it the priority that a Reba should be, then Nash Icon, in a partnership with Big Machine Label Group, um, has that opportunity to put that out there. And so we will take a artist like that and a great song and launch it first on the Nash Icon uh, radio network and our group of stations, and then if it catches, move it on to the other formats. Is that a partnership with Big Machine? Yes, yeah, it is a partnership. So who decides who joins the label? Is that somebody at Big Machine? Big Machine does that. They come to us and make us aware of it. Scott Borchetta and Jim Weatherson, who oversees Nash Icon, mm-hmm. are the two key people. But they come to us and say, what do you think about this artist? Um, how do you feel about these songs? 
and they've been very collaborative with us. What are you listening to right now? Personally, what are you liking? Um, I like the Strumbellas. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're really good. I enjoy that. Um, I have very extreme taste. I like Pretty Reckless, which is an artist a lot of people won't know. I also think this Adele CD is one of the most amazing CDs out there. Uh, Ryan Tedder from One Republic wrote my most favorite song on that CD, um, which is Water Under the Bridge, which is great. Uh, my favorite country bands, uh, I, I'd rather not get into because, you know, politically I we understand. support so many of There's them. There's so much great new exactly. music out there. Exactly. Do you like the way the country music has changed? A lot of hip-hop rhythms and poppy influence? I do. I think it's great diversity. I mean, you can go from, you know, you can go from... Um, Dustin to Florida Georgia Line to Blake to uh, Dirks, um, you know, to Luke, uh, to a Carrie. Um, and, and then you'll have, you know, Lanco or someone like that. And so so there's just right now there's just a lot of great music and the variety, I think, will keep our listeners listening. Yeah. You know, I remember it wasn't all that long ago when I was in radio and we would play our most popular songs about every four and a half hours. And I notice now it's like an hour and a half. Is that just because people listen for shorter spurts of time? Well, I think it depends on, again, if, you know, our Nash platform will do that because that's the top 40 mm-hmm. of country. Our Nash icon is more about three and a half and four and a half hours. Because the listeners are older? Yeah, they're older and we're trying, to, longer? We're trying to play more gold, right? So, so it's, you know, it's an equal... Um, it, it's a net sum game in that if you can only play 12 songs an hour and you're going to play some gold, then it's automatically going to slow down the turnover on your current songs. And so from from a standpoint of how often we want to hear them, people want to hear their most favorite songs most frequently. It's instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Every time I hit the button, I hear a favorite song. If I hear a favorite song every time I hit the button, I'm going to come back to your station more often. In the old days when you and I were program directors inside a station, we used to believe that we could get someone to stay there for 45 minutes. But in reality, we build time spent listening by having them come back and forth. Hmm. They hit a button, hear a song, they go back and forth programming their own radio station by pushing buttons. Yeah, I can remember telling a disc jockey to promote an event, and he'd say, well, I just talked about that a half hour ago. You know what I mean? Um, Would you do it all over again? Yeah, I would. I would. Um, If you were going to say to me, but what would you change? I would definitely do it all over again. I would would do my career as I did inside the stations. I would build McVeigh Media as I did. I would join Cumulus as I did. Um, If I could design it differently... The first three years at Cumulus with total transparency were very difficult. Um, today, it is a much better organization, better run company, and the ability to create positive product is so much easier for me. Also, it was difficult to take a job for the first time in 28 years, you know. Uh, from running your own company. From running my own company. And so I can't say that those first three years at Cumulus being difficult was all on Cumulus. Uh, it was on me, too. I probably used four of my nine lives in the first six months, you know, with mistakes I made. Um, and so I would be wiser. I would come into this side of the business a little more carefully. But overall, I wouldn't change anything. I've absolutely loved it. How old were you? You were really young when you got into it. But how old were you when you said, I've got to do that? 
Uh, you know, probably 12 years old. I mean, I've told this story before about, you know, that little town of that I grew up in was Youngwood, PA, and the town where I started on radio was Greensburg, PA, and that radio station, WHJB, we used to have studios that were street level that you could walk by and see the disc jockey in the studio. And my father worked on the Pennsylvania Railroad for 48 years as an engineer. And so we could ride the train for free. And my brother and I would walk to the train station and get on the train and go into Pittsburgh. Now, think about that. I was 12, so my brother was 17. He was seven years. No, he was 19, seven years older than me. And and we would, you know, take a bus from Youngwood, five miles to Greensburg, get on a train by ourselves and go to Pittsburgh. We walked by... WHB radio every time we walked to the train station. And I would stop and my brother and I would stare and watch the disc jockey, Cowboy Phil, <laughs> play the music, put the records on those big turntables. And often Phil would start a song and walk back into a different room. Well, he was probably going to get coffee or smoke a cigarette, who knows what. And I remember saying to my brother, Where do you think he goes? And my brother said they play cards in the back room while the records are playing. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I want to do that job. So you can That's go back what and I play cards. <laughs> so, I could, so I could be in that window and start a song and go do something else. And did you work in that window? No, till I joined, they had moved to a different studio. Oh, okay. Well, Mike McVeigh, such a pleasure talking to you. Um, and I wish you well here at Cumulus Media. All the best to you, okay? You've done a great job. Thank you, Jim. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.